0: Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Five. Well, you can't oh, win a
1: no. all. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of how we could relate. Like, five's a loser no matter what. <laughs> whatever game, whatever game we're playing, it's not a great role. Right. But a... we can always rise above it,
0: right? Maybe that's it. This is the episode we got to prove ourselves. You work above that five. <laughs> Take it as a
2: challenge it is and overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know who's pro- who's probably not a
0: five? Who's that? Agent Stern in his robe and stuff. Oh! Ooh. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Who, of course, now I'm just picturing as Dale Cooper. Of course. Do you think... Do you think that that is what Griffin is going for when he's talking as Agent Stern? He seems I mean, he doesn't have exactly the same like speaking pattern as yeah. Dale Cooper, but he's it's that same Dale kind of Cooper's idea. A pretty optimistic dude. right? Yeah.
1: I don't know Griff as well as I'd hoped to know him, but
0: is he a
1: Twin Peaks fan or is he a X-Files fan or is he both? And is it a oh, he, combo? or
2: neither? No,
1: he's he really likes Twin Peaks. Okay, perfect. Excellent. I knew Justin did, but I
2: wasn't Yeah, sure no, I then. think Griffin Griffin was also into it. Okay. Um, and I think he's seen some X-Files. I feel like that came up. I mean, everybody's seen, right? Has is everybody he, seen like Everyone's at least I a couple a episodes aware actuals? of it. Yeah.
0: I've seen... I think this has come up on the show. I've seen enough X-Files that my favorite characters are the lone gunmen, mm-hmm. and Darned I... Darn straight. They're the fucking best. <laughs> so maybe he's like that.
2: Yeah, I think it's sort of cultural osmosis about what an FBI agent is like. And, and at any rate, yeah. like... If you're going to imagine this guy, why not have him be handsome? Fair enough. It
0: doesn't matter if it's Dale Cooper, if it's Mulder, if it's Luther, it doesn't matter. He's so handsome. Get Ooh, yourself Idris- a I could do agent. an Idris Elba. That's I'm right? telling you yeah. guys. Like, listen. If we're now <laughs> Let's get into the
1: meat it of this. It devolves
0: so quickly. <laughs> It's what they pay us for. So just picture one of those or another <laughs> handsome man that you are thinking of. That's Agent Stern. In a bathrobe.
1: In slippers.
2: <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that he was hanging out in the hot springs with Jake Cool Ice. And they were like, best, is... they're besties now.
0: How so, sweet, charming. bro. So <laughs> charming. It, right? Like, this is where I think immediately Agent Stern is very endearing. Because even though we don't know much about him, or we don't really know much about Jake Coolis, but it doesn't matter because you, at least I imagine Jake Kulis is a younger character around yeah. Aubrey and Danny's age. Mm-hmm. So the thought of like, this like 20, 22, I don't know, year old dude... Just, like, chilling in a hot tub with Agent Stern. What's up? Let's just hang out here in this hot tub and relate to each other about Lord knows what. Maybe they both love Pokemon Go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that he's supposed to be a, a, a threat, Agent Stern. I mean, this is yes. this could be really bad news for everybody. But at this point, I'm, I'm like, ready to pitch their spinoff with Jake Cool Ice. <laughs> oh, ooh, it would be Cool Ice and Stern. How good is <gasps> that as a TV show name? That's really good. Or Stern
0: and
1: Cool Ice. Either way, it would work. Stern Ice. Just put it all together.
0: <laughs> I I remember just picturing clearly, Barclay and Danny both just seeming a little exasperated because it's like, what are we supposed to do now? This guy is essentially sitting in our dinner because like they get <laughs> they get their energy from the hot tub yeah. is how they recharge and they they you know fuel up. <laughs> Why do What's you up? Put it that way. <laughs> I'm saying. Jake Place, though, what? was like, I like to imagine that maybe, like, the other two were like, oh, we can't go over there. Agent Stern's in there. And Jake's like, I don't fucking care. Watch. And he just, like, went out and made friends. Mm-hmm. Like, guys mm-hmm. gotta mm-hmm. eat. Dunks it's Like, that's stinking thinking. I'll go hang out with him. <laughs> and now we have a spinoff. off <laughs>
1: But
2: but Barkley has the good sense to interrupt and, and say, why don't we move to Mama's office to have this conversation about this monster that yes. we don't want this guy to know exists? Right. Which is a good call, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is where they kind of debrief. Mm-hmm. And I liked this moment because they, they rehashed the battle that they had with him. And this is where ideas start getting thrown around, similar to what we had in our last episode. You know, do you, can you evaporate it? How do mm-hmm. you contain this thing? What do you have to do to fight it. And it's in here. Correct me if I'm wrong, girls, because um, you both listened to it twice. I only got to listen to it once, and I did not take good notes. But this is where, as they're talking about it, Barclay's reminded, it, like, something is familiar to him. And this is where yeah. he takes out the old computer, yes?
2: Yeah, yes. well, I mean, Travis gets, I see, Aubrey would probably not be old enough to have gotten this reference, but Travis gets in there with some Alex Mack references, which I have to give <laughs> oh, him a no. shout-out for. I was, was waiting. It it was, it Trav, was yeah. Trav. I was like, waiting oh, for Alex that. Mac.
0: I trust both of you. That's a good one. I immediately went to Morpha, but Alex Mack was a good one.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then it sort of prompts Barclay to think, okay, wait, this, because I think they do actually ask him directly, does this remind you of anything? Have you heard this? He's mm. like, oh, yeah, I think so. And he fishes out ah, the, the Macintosh <laughs> power <laughs> book. I had, I had many yeah. a power book, Can we including the one that burst into jump flames. back for <laughs>
1: like 10 seconds. And bring up the fact that Barclay has cleaned Mama's office. Yes. Since she's been gone. Absolutely. So he's we like can. desperate to get in there and just like straighten things up, get rid of that trash, just wipe this down. I'm like, <laughs> this dude is either my husband or me. Like one of the two. I
0: love. This kind of caretaker side of Barclay—it's very sweet. I wrote it is very endearing. It's—he's a lovely
1: house husband. Mm-hmm. Like he cooks, he cleans, mm-hmm. he takes care of everybody. Like that is just so ideal for sure. And he's scruffy and wears flannel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and uh. I don't know—you do wonder right. if Mama's going to be upset when she comes back. Like that was her organizational system. She knew where everything it was. Could be. You don't it put things be. away. You know where they are. That's how you lose but, stuff. Mm-hmm. You put it could away. Would you
0: actually be mad at that face?
2: That I assume is a good one.
0: <laughs> this imagined face, how could you, Anne?
1: So, hopefully, Mama appreciates it. I would. You go, Barclay. You do what you do.
0: <laughs> and
1: we find out he only joined a few years ago. Yeah, because He's not, the Pine like, Guard, a total long stander. Yeah, we
2: were, we were, uh, we were kind of on the right track pitching there being a, a Pine Guard prequel with Mama. That in fact, the the deal was that around 1988 some citizens found out that this stuff was going on and sort of decided mm-hmm. to form the gates there it yeah. is and this computer belongs to one of one of the members from that point in time mm-hmm. who who like mama like just bailed mysteriously at some point
0: now that is a thing listening to it only once mike was that his name Thacker yeah it was something back okay. they were just calling him thacker i think
2: it was, thacker, but it
1: was mike
0: Thacker. <laughs> I just remember
1: them bringing up all the different mics. Oh, yes. All of the mic jokes. Yes. And, <laughs> and right. then in my head, I just kept saying, these are the mics I know, I know, I know. These, these are, are the, the mics, mics I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> then I
0: was going through my mic. Everybody, just think of all the mics you know. So I also went with Mike Nelson. Naturally. There's also Mike Wheeler.
2: Gosh, I don't know. I think I probably would have gone Mike Nelson, too. Honestly. Yeah. No,
0: I, no, I Mike Mike feel like Nelson's I should good. think of
2: another mic, but I can't think I'm of another I'm going to tweet
0: right
1: out of. at Mike Nelson with this uh, podcast. Like this episode. Like, Mike, check it out. He'll be like, who are Mike. you? Great. It wasn't the only MST3K
2: reference yet. Either, no, it was not. I
1: wrote that down too. Yep. <laughs> Wait,
2: Travis. where do they have
0: another
1: one? Travis uh, is my uh, sister. Later.
2: Well, we'll get there. Yeah, but the more important than MST3K references, we learn from this ancient Mac, uh, Power Book. Sorry, not MacBook Book. Power Book. Hold your tongue. <laughs> Die, diehard Apple nerd. He, Steve Jobs' ghost is coming for me for that mistake.
0: Oh, no. Um.
2: But we find out that in 97, they did fight a fire elemental and they have some notes on that, but they don't really get incredibly useful information about, so they know Mm -hmm. that it was some kind of magical weapon, but they don't know what.
0: Right. And I appreciated this because it, again, similar to them being like, how do we face the water specifically? They kind of answered other things that we had brought up on the show. Mm -hmm. Because I know before we brought up, is light a tangible thing, or is it just light? And this specifically, the answer was, it was an intangible weapon, essentially. Mm -hmm. You had to fight it. It wasn't something you could strike with something physical. It had to be this magical weapon. So it was very nice. It's nice to be at a place where we're getting our, our questions answered.
2: Yeah, and you know, it was 97, so it wasn't like they were going to saved a youtube tutorial on how to fight elementals
0: <laughs> not yet that was until 2005 you guys remember 2005 youtube fucking yikes um but so we know then that we don't have whatever the weapon is here and probably a trip sylvain is in order am i jumping mm-hmm. ahead here
2: a little bit because they are they are interrupted just as they learn that this, that that, yeah, that ele- yeah. the fire elemental in '97 knew how to track people that had messed oh, right. with it, which Ooh. is yeah, real ominous. And then there's an Some ominous, real ominous bullshit. water reflection on the ceiling.
0: Yes, <laughs> which, that which was, was played go- so
1: well, exactly. Yes. Like that was so so good. Like, like oh. you didn't hear anything, but you saw a light
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the ceiling, so you knew it was like a weird refraction. And Duck's like, "Yeah, hold on." What was that? We turn and oh no! Barclay's sweet boy, Jake Cool Eyes. Lodge <laughs> oh, Darling. Jake Cool Eyes.
0: As they're all rushing out and passing Stern and and, <laughs> and I get what the boys were doing, being like, No, no, don't worry about it, just get back in the room. As they're like running. But Griff taking the time to specifically say, Barclay isn't stopping, his boy is out Yes, It was very sweet. It was it goes along with this caretaker personality that they've established for Barclay. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. And Stern, go to sleep. (laughs) Don't even worry about it. It's just coyote hurting. It's your sweet
1: eyes. (laughs) Coyote hurting.
2: The man's an FBI agent, like, can he Kenny buys this, but of course he had to, because it would have been, it would have been weird it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It was, yeah, it was a cute little play by Griff to be like, uh-oh, here comes Stern again, don't worry, he's going back inside.
2: He's probably a city boy, he wouldn't know any better.
0: So I liked that, but yeah, it was Griff being like, oh, here comes Stern, and Justin being like, duck knows these woods, don't even worry about it. And that brings us into, boo round two, with this water- Elemental is now what we can call it. Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: P.S. That monster music is so freaking good. Oh, it's very it's good. It's so scary. It's like, excellent. I, oh, my gosh. Like, how? Griffin. How? Right. I don't understand. Anybody who composes their own music, how? Like, I <laughs> I'm gonna, don't You know what?
0: It. Let's take this moment right now on that note to just quickly sidebar I don't know if people know this. The theme song for our show was written by our very own Anne Kern. Truth. Congratulations. Yay. I, think, it, I, I love it. Really... I love our theme music. Me too. So there you go. That question goes to you too, Anne. How? Uh, How you well, you yeah,
2: written by is a, is a strong way to put it in my case, I it think. It was beautifully um, composed
0: by Anne Kern. <laughs> She hired an orchestra and said, here's my vision. Fucking get it right. Well, I mean, I started, I think, roughly the way
2: that Griffin started, which is you you work with loops in GarageBand and mm-hmm. you, you try taking music apart and putting it back together and seeing what happens and what you like and what you don't. And then you start to generate, you know, with a MIDI controller or something. I mean, my brother is a composer, so I oh, I no. understand the concept. Get him
1: on the podcast, please, and have him explain how. <laughs>
2: My I think I think I, I would have better luck getting one of the McElroy brothers on this podcast than my own <laughs> oh, brother <shit>. but <laughs> <laughs> he is not don't his scene, but uh but yeah I mean you sort of and, and I think Griffin has really has grown significantly I mean I, I don't know for sure yeah. whether he was using any loops initially I think he was because there was like maybe one segment that felt a little familiar and you know he sort of remixed that and it can be pretty unrecognizable. I mean, the loops can be pretty basic. So it's not like you're cheating or anything. I'm not, I'm not saying certainly not. not. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've loved seeing that he's been able to build on the complexity of what he's doing and start adding, you know, different kinds Mm -hmm. of instruments and different ways of approaching music. And that, um, that, you know, I think the experimental arcs were great too, because it's this challenge of how do I, how do I set a tone for this specific universe? Right. Um,
0: Right. You're like musically personifying an entire story, an entire space and people and
2: yeah and I, I confess that I, I did write him an encouraging letter a few months ago Aww. about pursuing music because he seems so enthusiastic about it and he he did mm-hmm. recently purchase uh, a new keyboard so I'm hoping that nice. there's something he's gonna he's gonna stick with because I think he's just you know sometimes I think you're afraid to try something new and you're afraid yeah. to be you're afraid to be a little bad at it first uh-huh yeah or just not as good as you want to be but that's how you no, get No, I good. totally
0: get that right yeah Absolutely. So here's our message to you out there: Get good. <laughs> Start
2: out bad. It's okay.
0: Just and that's annoying. also that's,
2: it's how you fight water monsters too. You've got to just try. <laughs> Start it. out
1: bad. Just, <laughs> just try, try throwing a
2: bucket at it.
1: Bucket it. <laughs> good try, when my boy. He said that in my head. I was like, he throws a bucket of water on the water. I was like, no, nope. he just throws an empty bucket. He like Let the go, of my
0: friend. And
1: did not work.
0: <laughs> no. And then was like, well, I'm done. <laughs> i'm (laughs) all
1: out of ideas guys you go
2: (laughs) no so instead we we get like kind of a nice reversal from duck who the last time which was we think Mm -hmm. this this afternoon earlier that day where he froze up and he didn't know what to do this time he's like i'm i'm going whole hog on this i'm just gonna do something and he chucks beacon (laughs) just chucks beacon at this water monster
1: (laughs) beacon who immediately talked
0: And I immediately
1: started laughing. Yes. Because that fucking voice is
0: I think (laughs) this is, like, the little, like, sub-blessing we've gotten from... Not saying that, like, we're not all just so jazzed for whenever we get a full Justin-run game. But the side-blessing we've kind of gotten is moments like Geralt and Beacon, where it's Justin then is going to take on this, what would usually be a character played by... The GM or the DM or the MC, whatever you want to call them, and Justin kind of taking it into his own hands, I think is, it's a little blessing that we get.
2: It is. And he is he is extremely seamless at arguing with himself mm-hmm. in oh, these different it was voices. It so good. <laughs> I, I mean, having, having comedy timing with yourself is a specialty skill, I think. Oh, for sure.
0: And it only lasts a moment because he does chuck him right... <laughs> Into the blob of water. And that's enough, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. That's enough that yeah. that gets Jake at least out Well, and I think he gets it's the yellow. Yeah. Right. Because they, they can all now see the glow. Mm-hmm. And that's where he aims beacon. And it's enough to at least get Jake out of there. Yeah, and I mean, I think the God. monster just
2: kind of dropped him out of surprise.
0: <laughs> but it, it does
2: backfire because poor Duck gets sucked into the water monster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was like it. So right. It was almost like an exchange. Like, well, okay, I'll just sh- you up now. Now you're mine. Yum yum. It was this very duck like. This, you want some of this moment? <laughs> you got it. Tummy full of duck. And <laughs> and this really shows us the difference between Monster of the Week and D and D, in that Clint can be like, when this was happening, he was tying towels together. Mm -hmm. Which, and this isn't a spoiler for anybody who hasn't listened to Balance, but there's a moment during Balance where Magnus wants to tie rope to something, or he wants to build up kindling, and Griffin is like really giving him a hard time of it. There are two different instances, actually. One where he's trying to like dampen rope, or do something with rope, and another one where he's trying to build kindling. And in both of those moments, Griffin is like... You're going to have to tell me how this timing works. Yeah, um, I remember here, none of this. Oh, they both happen in a little place near the end of the game. Okay. Uh, we could talk about that after the show. <laughs> but so in this instance, Clint was just like, I'm tying, he's tying towels together and tying them to a chair, which is really ingenious. It is, yeah. I like to imagine he started doing it to be like, let me get Jake out of here. And then... Ned, or pardon me, Duck successfully got Jake out of there. And then it was like, oh, well, that's okay. I can still use this plan because now my boy Duck is stuck in there. Let me tie these towels onto an anchor of sorts and throw this chair in there and pull Duck back out. It's, you know, it's similar to other things Ned has done so far that I think he kind of takes a side path nobody's really considering. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. ends up being this really brilliant moment.
1: Well, and... I want to add, and I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody wants to add, Clint killed it in two ways. He came up with the idea of the anchor, the chair, the towels and mm-hmm. everything. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Throws it in, essentially gets stuck, but then Morpha or Alex Mack or whatever we want to call it, mm-hmm. turns Morpha on Mac. him, Morpha Mack shows up and is like, okay, you, and starts like putting these uh, water, the water? water, needles, water needles, water needles, yeah. water needles. thank you. Aim the water needles at Ned and Clinton has to make that decision of like, Ned's not Which going so to do that. Like, he's yeah. not going to be able to, you know, take that damage because that's not him. Right. So yeah. he plays this character to a T and be like, perfect. I got to go, like dives out. And I was, yeah. I was so applauding him because it's hard to right. play a character that is not doing what you as a person would want mm-hmm. to do. Yes. Yeah, because and, he's, like, he's mad, mad props to that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is a really interesting
2: balance of being incredibly crafty and ingenious, but also not being willing to make that or not really being able to make the kind of sacrifice play. Yeah, but he's he's often like I mean, he he's rushed into things when he wasn't in immediate danger at that point. So it's mm-hmm. not like he isn't brave exactly. It's more complicated than that. And I think that, that nuance gives gives a lot of room for everybody to play with this character and make it more interesting. Certainly. And I, I also like that the way that they're they're interacting with this monster is more like a puzzle than fighting a monster. It's not about like, you know, how many HP do you have? How yes. many HP does the monster have? What kind of weapons have you got on you? It's you're in this hot spring These are the things around you. This is what the monster is doing. Now you have to solve the problem.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree. And to the point of Clint making that decision for Ned, in that moment being fight or flight, I'm totally with you. It was so honest to his character, especially with the backstory that we saw that flash of in the Mm -hmm. pilot.
1: Yeah. That
0: he ran from another situation where somebody he probably cared about in some respect was going to be left in a situation that Ned had like he chose to run away from. Mm-hmm. So we know that it is he's he's sticking with that character. That's very true to who Ned Chicane has been so far, which
1: hopefully or maybe will lead up to that wonderful like character development that moment, moment yeah. where yeah. he's going to have to make the choice and he's going to choose the other he's way to be he's selfless. Stay. Yes. <gasps> and, then and then he will ascend.
0: <laughs> At last, he will truly ascend. But yeah, and Matt we'll all plans. be in love with Ned Chicane. <laughs> as if we weren't already. I would
1: say we're
2: we're, we're well <laughs> on our way. We've got we've got room for everybody in our hearts, like we so say we-
0: in every episode. You know what you signed up for. You're in a place called <laughs> romancing the zone. <laughs> what do you
1: think we was we gonna We don't play happen? with words like that. We know it's
0: what we not.
2: Know. Yeah, it's not romancing the one. It's romancing
1: the zone. Got to get everybody in there. <laughs> the entire <laughs> don't zone. Don't forget that C <laughs> <laughs> Man. romancing the one and <laughs> it's so good just the one just the one that's i right. feel
0: like that should be like a thing like it'd be romancing the one but then it's that little carrot with the z above it and it's like no no no, no, no. we're romancing <laughs> everybody up in here and that's our show bye well and speaking
2: of ingenious plans travis yeah. slash aubrey has has done some googling And has come up with the idea that maybe heating the water might cause it to evaporate and weaken, if not destroy the creature. I mean, it's obviously you don't really want to destroy it by like boiling (laughs) duck alive. Right. Um, I mean, two twelve is not quite boiling, but it would certainly hurt.
0: It would not be pleasant. (laughs) Well, two twelve is uh, when it starts
1: boiling. Yeah,
0: yeah, but like like, I mean, the degree you you need. I want to point out
1: real, real quick. Yeah, no. The plus two armor is not going to help at all. But (laughs) I want to sing my own accolades. (laughs) In when I pulled that number out last time, I didn't do any research. I remembered that from 10 years ago at a seminar. Nice. Good seminar. Because it was like, that was the boiling point. That's the number we need to get. Because at 211, nothing happens. 212, that's when you get the boils. Like, that's brilliant and yeah I remember that from nothing well not from nothing but
0: I'm going to try to remember to put in some I'm going to edit some triumphant music here in the meantime I'm just
2: the, the final fantasy battle music very
0: proud but the, look at me and Travis sisters again you you guys are I feel like there was another moment during this episode I was like whoa Brittany and Travis are totally sisters get out of the way now Travis is coming through
1: Charles and my twin we just didn't know <laughs> but
0: so so right Aubrey wants to heat up the water and it's already pretty hot which I like yeah. that too it's like it's already mm-hmm. hot springs so if she can just like push it a little bit further please remind me how do we actually get our sweet duck out of here well he saves
2: himself ah uh, yeah uh because he he has the it's his turn um and, boy. oh right yeah he has the idea Beacon's to... still in there yeah beacons still in there and you can't get up a lot of speed or force when you're underwater and actively drowning so apparently (laughs) our boy duck can hold his breath for a pretty long time um and and keep his head together yeah mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
2: do do they do that do they teach you how
1: to not drown maybe a Um, huge part of it I would actually think that would be (laughs) important
0: I'm gonna ask my personal trainer angel I'll be like when do we get to the point where we don't drown (laughs)
1: When we have our breath-holding contest? That's a big part of this, right?
2: Maybe he was a big Houdini fan.
1: Oh, maybe. Uh... Did
0: everybody see The Prestige? What a good movie. <laughs> yes.
1: I haven't, but it's all been ruined for me, so that's oh, fine. Oh, no.
0: If you guys so you know, know the what prestige... The Prestige is.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, okay,
0: listen. Anybody listening to this who hasn't seen it, do not look it up. Just go watch the movie. <laughs> anyway, holding breath. But Do, yeah, he. I mean,
2: so Aubrey has already weakened it because it kind yeah. of made it all wobbly and and, and right. freaked it out. Like did mm-hmm. something to it to kind of start that. to weaken it, and yes. then this it blow kind of like glitch from, out
0: almost. Yeah, this right. blow
2: from from Beacon, mm-hmm. who presumably has you know this like, magical property Yeah, does have more effect than just kind of stabbing it with like I don't know a very large fork. Um, <laughs> and and ultimately it it just the water the light is gone and the water falls back into the pool and releases duck
0: and then he also does the final fantasy
2: yes (laughs) that's the victory
0: music oh that was so good
2: (laughs) i was extremely pleased by that that is definitely the the moment in this particular episode that i i am begging people who can actually do this to do an animatic of
0: (laughs) please no it was so good and congrats everybody we made it through another fight Only now, again, we don't know where it is. And, of course, they are now armed with the information that it is indeed following them, essentially. And this means it's a threat to now also just, you know, going back to the idea that we know that the hot springs are where the Sylvanian families get their, you know, their life force, their sustainability Mm -hmm. here on Earth. Now we have a, a, a window of time that we need to stop this thing. Right. And even more severe window. Yeah.
2: And, and apparently the plumbing in town is, is magical itself because, (laughs) because things can go from one place to another where they really, as Clint points out, (laughs) should not be able
0: to. (laughs) I agreed there. I thought the hot springs would be their own little natural occurrence, but apparently not. Well, you know, I
2: mean, the water table is more connected than you would think, but... But, he did it's have fair. A point. but I did. I loved This was perfect. We said we were going to bring up the other MST3K quote and uh, oh, Travis yeah, busting out part of the MST theme
1: about the right. repeat to yourself. It's just to right. show. You. you should really just relax. I know, In my notes, I didn't even write down what it was. I just wrote, Travis, MST3K references. <laughs> I was like, what was it? And then I, for her. I was like, oh, right. How do they eat and breathe? It's just a show. Relax. Travis, my sister, let's watch some MSC3K. That's going to be fun.
2: You mentioned uh, that Closing the Springs is a life or death yeah. issue, which I guess is what we, we move along with, although we did skip Beacon daydreaming about Duck dying. Oh,
0: my God.
2: <laughs> which we can't skip. I don't think we can skip that.
0: Yeah, I think no. we need to take a moment. And so I love this because it clearly shows that Beacon and Duck both kind of equally hate each other.
2: They have a very antagonistic relationship. Say. Neither is excited to have the other one in its life.
0: Well, and if you think about it, Beacon is what hung up next to the coffee cups. I think is where yeah, uh, yeah, his life in the cabinet. Him... Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so we can close the door on him if he's being sassy. <laughs> I I love this concept of them being the odd couple, but it's a guy and his his magical sword.
0: <laughs> there you go. We- you could do an entire show opener just of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, like
0: cheesy early '90s sitcom. <laughs>
1: Grainy video. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know.
2: In the 90s, it wasn't a cave paintings, probably? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was just light flickering from a fire onto a cave wall, but it's like a picture of, like, a duck with a hat, and then there's a picture of a sword. Oh, hey, P.S., speaking of duck's hat, th- here we go. The further, the other thing I was going to say about Ned Chicane is the appreciation that Clinton knew his character enough to be, like, he would not take the hit in order to save Duck, but he's aware enough of it that when the fight is over, he knows. He fucking knows. He let his friend down. He let this dude yeah. down, and he goes and retrieves his hat and doesn't even really have to say anything. It was just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like, his I like Indiana that Jones. a lot.
2: Gotta get that, gotta get that right. hat back to him. Gotta to get Duck.
0: that hat back to him. And Duck
1: don't hold a grudge. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: No, I think I was trying to remember who, who, if anybody pulled Duck out, but I don't think they did. I think no one ever mentioned him getting out of the pool. just splashed out. Yeah. So I think, yeah, my mental image was that Duck's like half drowned and hauling himself out of the hot springs without assistance. And Ned's like, oh, wait, I got to get your hat.
0: <laughs> like, l- 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 let me, buddy. Let me just,
1: uh, <laughs> here you go. I'll do this for you. You relax. You've done enough. <laughs> Speaking of mental images. Yeah. I saw all of this happening in the daytime.
0: Oh, so, you silly girl.
1: I know. I'm bad at listening sometimes. But <laughs> so when they bring up the moon, I'm like, hold on a second.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: Where did that guy come from? You thought How you were pulling we a fast
0: one on him. But here's the
1: thing. They mm-hmm. have also played fast and loose with that moon. Because at the beginning, when Duck, the first time Duck went through the arch, there was... um. The moon was at its zenith, and it was there. But then we cut back to Ned, and it's twilight. This like, happened
0: during the pilot.
1: During during one of the the first yeah during the of... yeah it was like first or second episode. Well, I think no, they were they were of...
2: jumping in time though at that point. Yeah, right I thing, was gonna so... ask if it was one of those <laughs> things. I think those were concurrent events. Was Dear was my Griffin, suspicion. Here I am again. <laughs> please <trick> explain. <laughs>
0: The girls and I are just, you know, chatting like we do. We just had a quick question. Yeah, I feel like it was... I mean, listen, I believe you that it was like, hang on. Wasn't it just evening? And I
1: think it was because the light reflecting. Like, where did the sun or the how hmm, well have it, how did water reflect onto the ceiling Well, because
2: there was it was well a there's surely lighting around your hot springs that everybody yeah. has to go to to live because you don't want the, anybody slipping and dying because it's dark that's how
0: i took it um, yeah but
2: no i think that the light was was actually um it was the water it was, it was the water it was the elemental itself right, so rather like than leaving. a reflection it looked like a reflection but it was not it was the, it do- was the light being refracted through the water I took
0: it just as like the surface of the water was shifting and moving and that's why what was like flashing through the window was reacting weirdly versus like oh here's a steady reflection we're getting into the building here it was suddenly like why is that going all over the place the hot tub should not be moving. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Where's the hot tub going? Will well, somebody you? Can
0: go catch the hot tub? It's leaving again. Messy. <laughs> now,
2: I, now I have to correct you guys. It's it's not a hot this tub. It's a hot I know, It hot is t- it is God's jacuzzi. But it is we are playing. <laughs> Isn't that hot tub time machine?
0: <laughs> oh, I think we've just stumbled into the truth that it is. <laughs> so so when they go, okay. So let's get us back inside because then they 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 get Jake. They get duck. The elemental has vanished again. And we know, mm-hmm. okay, this is very dangerous. I know. again, I only got to listen to this once. Suddenly this other character is here. Moira mm-hmm. is here. And it almost, I feel like the way I was listening to it, it almost sounded like that thing where she was almost acting like she had been out there with them. Like, whoo! good thing we made it out <laughs> of that one. Hi, <laughs> I'm Moira. Hi. <laughs> So I did kind of, but I think she was just inside when they all get in there. Yeah. I mean, presumably
2: when, you know, aside from Agent Stern, who was persuaded not to come, presumably this made some noise. Sure. And I think it's possible that she had come to see, and if that, she was
0: right, that Barclay like maybe away, told her, or... yeah,
2: I think I think something like that happened that we didn't see. It's like you know, it's like editing in a TV show; they they cut that scene because it didn't yeah. need to be there. But but Griffin had—I <laughs> don't know if you guys remember this or not—but Griffin has um, has technically introduced this character before, even though we didn't know her name,
0: I and remember she doesn't... there being. The character at the piano. Yeah,
2: yeah, and she doesn't speak, but I think there was an implication earlier on that she might be a ghost. I don't remember if Travis I feel said like something. That's or, right. I right. There was yeah. some kind of intimation that maybe, maybe this character was going to be a ghost, which in fact she is.
0: Yeah, for some reason, uh, ghost and piano do sound familiar to me i do think it is when aubrey was being first introduced to the entire idea of mm-hmm. these monsters and everybody started taking off their you yeah, know yeah their sylvanian properties that revealed themselves that i do think that it was specifically said that the person who had been playing the piano is a ghost this mm-hmm. um, as, as is
2: appropriate if you know it's a very haunted mansion thing to do
0: of course mm-hmm.
2: but but yeah and i I mean, obviously she had not spoken before because we get this golden bit with Griffin trying to figure out what kind of British (laughs) (laughs) accent and, like, pushing it way too far into Cockney, which was hilarious. I would not have been able to listen to anything he was saying (laughs) Mm -mm. because I would have been laughing too hard at that voice. Absolutely. I hope somebody's cockney in the future now, like, extremely cockney.
0: Well, because he started doing that with Kravitz, too, and he just Mm -hmm. can't, he can't take himself seriously when he's doing it, (laughs) I think, is what the problem is here. Yeah. And it ends up just being very humorous for all of us. (laughs) And they end up dropping the accent very quickly.
1: Yes. (laughs) Just because with Aerie. Well, Aubrey has a big playtime with Moira. Yes. Is
2: there, is there a way we can, like, crowdfund either fictional character Aubrey or actual person Travis on a ghost hunting show? Because I am pretty sure they would just annoy the ghosts instead of get scared. <laughs> They'd just be, like, asking five million questions and super stoked about there being a ghost instead of running away screaming, and it would be great. Right.
1: It was just so sweet. Like, oh, let's do this. Oh, hey, let me... Can you feel this?
0: <laughs> can you feel this?
1: And then their reaction, like right. yeah. actual we were playing back. family reaction <laughs> oh, yeah. to it. Them just, like, losing it. And <laughs> was that when Clint is just laughing so hard, like, I love this game.
0: <laughs> I feel like he had, a, like, I feel like there were a couple moments in this episode where, yeah, Clint was really just enjoying this one. Which just is such a delight.
2: I'm so glad. Yeah. It's so much more fun as a listener. I think you can you can always tell. Like, I had a conversation mm-hmm. with a friend about this. Um a while ago about the I think it shows it shows when the creators love the thing that they're making and they enjoy doing it it's not like it's easy or like you enjoy it all of the time but when you have moments like this yeah where something like clicks and and you really feel like you're playing even Mm -hmm. if Griffin shuts you down about your Doctor Strange (laughs) fan fiction
1: (laughs) (laughs) what I love he went Doctor Strange I went Bleach Oh yeah, but to be yeah. fair, I have
2: not watched Doctor Strange. Well, Me either. similar similar concept. I think you could have gone either way, mm-hmm. or you could have gone the fright nurse. Also, oh, I, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Oh boy, we're gonna have to have a chat
0: about that. Now, where would a movie like Thirteen Ghosts come in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that even the name of that movie? The, which it one? Is, the remake but it or is the? Not... <laughs>
1: oh oh
0: wait a minute there's two of those yeah they did
2: a remake i'm pretty sure If like when did you is this a modern movie that you're thinking of because there's a very old movie called 13 goes
0: i'm thinking of the one
2: with matthew lillard yeah that, that is one. not no yeah. that's a remake there's an old <laughs> what? movie yeah there's an original film oh
0: my god we're making a movie wait, club older podcast.
2: Than... <laughs> yeah we're
0: gonna make a movie <laughs> club podcast where we eat candy and watch movies
2: yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I remember it being black and white, and I believe it was very well known for its special effects. And I think it okay. has have been
0: a castle film. But black yeah. and white must have been 1992. It was absolutely 1992. Also, okay, so the first movie we're going to watch on our Movie and Candy podcast is The Dope Fan of the Opera, where Christine Dye is like, fuck right. this. And then the next Please. movie we're going to watch is the old ancient version of thirteen Girls. Yeah okay I apparently. just want to point out that I
2: was actually correct. It was by William Castle and it came out in nineteen sixty. So I was off by three years but I was close. <laughs>
0: oh
2: nice. I was off by thirty, it's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> close enough, close enough.
2: It has it has some uh it, it's well known for some gimmicks that they use to promote the film, which is for another podcast. But if you uh, Google it it's yeah. it's fun. It's a Are super we podcast. our
0: about podcast that? that we're gonna come up with. So everybody stay tuned for And that. save it for the other podcast <laughs> Man, shush
2: uh well so i do i do want to point out that even even though this is not about 13 ghosts i swear (laughs) it's not about william castle i swear um i was just gonna say that even though it's a that this is this whole bit that they're doing right mm -hmm. but that's on one level but on the other level is that that Audrey is this really inquisitive character. And it makes sense with her personality that she's acting this way, that she's responding this way. And also as they are walking, they learn from Moira that they need to go to Sylvain and talk to this mysterious character, the Enchanter, to try and figure out how to defeat this monster. And as they're walking, the bit turns into this really useful plot device, which is that Travis slash Aubrey is kind of interrogating this character to learn more about about Sylvain to learn more about how how the world functions. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought of both of you girls as I was listening to this part of the show, and and our dear listeners, anybody else who had these same questions, because just because we brought up specifically things like why can't we get a straight answer about vampires, why can't we get a straight answer about <laughs> blank, and we get nice straight answers. I loved this answer about the ghosts in Sylvain. Like why why is that a thing mm-hmm. and it made me think of like Wreck-It Ralph. Like if you die outside of your game, you die forever. Oh, so yeah. if you if you die outside of Sylvain, you die forever. But if you die within Sylvain, you almost get this not like a full second chance, but you get time to get closure on anything you didn't get to finish, which mm-hmm. is a really mm-hmm. charming idea. And I like that you know they had that ready and that we did get a little bit more of this lore. Yeah.
1: And when they're going to Sylvain, Moira can't go with
0: them mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of
1: the exiling. And that's one of the answers I'm still not getting. Right. Why are they being exiled?
0: Right. What are they So we doing? do, yeah, we got some clarity but there's still some to gain which is of course just how it goes when you're you're being told a story. So we still do need some clarity on what exactly happened to exile them. So obviously she died in Sylvain before she was exiled on the other side of the, the gate here. Mm-hmm. We still what don't know. What ghostly
1: antics did she get up to? What were
0: you up to the over there, Moira? <laughs> you minx. <laughs> you little scoundrel, Moira. <laughs> you okay. She's like, you know.
2: But yeah, that that's the uh, that's the advantage of this now being um, a, a more full arc as opposed to a mini arc yes. that they, they're dealing with this monster which is the kind of current mystery that needs to be solved, but there's this overarching mystery of what exactly has been going on in Sylvain, where the abominations have come from, and and how all of these things
0: interact. I appreciated this similar to how, like in Moira's case, she has a hairpin, and when she's wearing it, she appears to be a typical human, but then when she takes it out, it reveals her Sylvanian form, and that's how the Pine Guard patches act for members of the Pine Guard, when they go across into Sylvain, which of course our heroes have to do. And they have to go by themselves, so they can't have any Monstar escorts with them when they cross over through the gate, and we know that they won't have that same kind of sickness that Duck had when he first went through, because now they have Sylvanian wool, or whatever that the Pine Guard guard Mm -hmm. patches are made from, and that keeps them, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of that same effect.
2: Yeah, it would have been pretty awkward if every time you had to have a meeting with somebody, you had to, like, risk going insane.
0: Absolutely. So they put a scarf on you. Yeah. It's not, not a great system. <laughs> yes.
1: They're not a good caretaker, and they're just like, what's wrong with you? Like, will you down. please <laughs> stop
0: it? Quit spinning in circles. I can't do anything Here, put like on you. the scarf, dear. <laughs> have you a, look cup a little <laughs> and, <laughs> So this time when they go through... We, we learned another thing because they, they meet these two guards and one of them has a squirrel head. And yeah. <laughs> I loved this explanation, too, that we learned that forest animals have been going through the gate, which makes total sense because yes. it's just in the woods. And we learned that they become Sylvanian citizens, essentially. They they gain a sense of I don't know how the proper the best way to say this would be cognizance. I don't know.
2: Sentience. Well, they're sentient anyway, so um, higher right. levels of functioning, yeah. Yeah. Self-consciousness. Well, and not
1: just that, like, don't they, like, get other traits, too? Like, yeah, the I guy think, is a squirrel head. Yeah,
2: so they're, like, more humanoid. Right, I mean, they, it, this this is the same as, as the the concept of that something happens to the humans, that this whole world is permeated with some kind of energy that the citizens feed off of that has an effect on anyone who's not from there. And it's just, instead of doing what it does to people, to animals, it makes them more it, like human. An- anthropomorphizes
0: yeah. them yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so now we're in sylvain we get to
1: sylvain and griffin of course paints us an entire tapestry of words
0: yeah he lays out a yeah. whole town for us
1: yeah it's kind of like uh like the
2: ghibli moss eisley mm-hmm. these Ooh. rounded rounded buildings that was that Love was how this. i was picturing it
1: yeah, it's hard when he says it's like nothing you've ever seen before <laughs> and then goes on to describe something I've definitely seen before.
0: <laughs> but
1: then goes on to further describe like but nothing's really at an angle. Like everything's kind of curvy and To which I ne- in I
0: appreciate so much that he immediately said it says it's not Susian because my mind immediately went to when you go to <laughs> Universal Studios and when uh-huh. you go to Susland, nothing there is at a right angle. I promise you. If you want to go look, I'm sure they'd be like, all right, let's take this tour where you look for a right angle all through the Seuss Land. Great. Here's the ride only five people want to
1: go on. Yeah. The right angle
0: (laughs) ride. Let's take the right angle tour. You won't find anything, but let's do it. Uh, So I figure probably uh, Sylvain has a similar tour that you can go on and it's very boring. You won't be pleased by the end of it. Right. And you'll totally miss out on the castle
1: just past the river. Which, yes. That has a beautiful crystal, 15 feet high, with a light pulsating in it. This has got to be the heart. Right? Yeah.
0: I think... Yeah. Do you think we're dealing with a giant turtle kind of situation? Something like
1: that. <sighs>
0: Maybe a Something, big... because we know it's alive. Yeah. yeah.
1: We know that Sylvain is alive. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, this is this is a detail
2: that I fixated on in the mini-arc as well, that it, it seemed mm-hmm. like it was going to be important, that there's this very mm-hmm. large crystal, and it's glowing, and all that sounds really important, but the fact that it's cleft seems very yeah. important, because I figure whatever, something went wrong in Sylvain at some point in the rec- mm-hmm. relatively recent past that probably led to these exiles, that led to these abominations, that led to the rule in Sylvain kind of cracking down on certain things and it seems like this giant cleft crystal has something to do with that
0: yeah
1: wouldn't it be funny if it
2: didn't at all it just didn't <laughs> like that's just the way it just looks. like no, just like, looks like one that. day somebody about? accidentally like hit it too hard <laughs> with a cart or something and it somebody broke. was
0: playing a game of baseball and it, like knocked into it they're like oh shucks it was like a
2: sandlot scenario there were a bunch of scrappy kids <laughs>
0: They and it's king. fine actually. The crystal
1: has nothing to do with anything. It was just pretty. <laughs> yeah. They got it from their great aunt. Somebody just
0: like looking at it. Whoever lives up in that fancy castle. It's like a birdbath. are like a
2: garden gnome, maybe. <laughs> it's
0: like the swans there to... or the geese that the you geese dress up. The geese that you up. dress up. Right. Yes. So they like put like a, a raincoat on it. Or like a little raincoat on. <laughs> It's a tiny coat. It's just on one of the like <laughs> Anyway, so now we've solved what the crystal's for. It's just a decoration for this giant <laughs> castle. Who do you think lives in the castle? I hope we find I out. I know who lives in the castle. Wait, do you? The interpreter. Wait, does the interpreter Probably live lives
1: in the castle. I put they probably live in the castle. We do not have this solidified, but they brought up the interpreter. They brought up that they're kind of in charge. Mm, And I would assume whoever's in charge lives in the nicest house with the biggest Christmas. That makes sense. That that does make sense. Just like in my world. Yeah,
0: so this is also where we go back to me being like, oh, right, I did only listen to this once. I don't even remember them mentioning the (laughs) interpreter. So I totally believe both of you because Mm -hmm. both of you sounded totally on board with that. So we'll just assume that's who lives in the castle. But we are here to see the enchanter. And these guards greet them initially. The initial reaction is, is somewhat, at least confused, if not hostile,
2: even yeah. once they've seen the Pine Guard patches. Yes. Because apparently this does not happen very often, even with the <laughs> arrangement that they have.
0: Yeah, because you think, you go into it thinking like the hero's like, well, we got these, we're good. But these two guards don't seem to be buying it initially. And then luckily we hear a familiar voice. And oh good, Vincent's back. Our handsome goat man. This beautiful handsome goat. Eyes. Which is now confirmed. That... Yeah, he has beautiful eyes. <laughs> Just lovely eyes. Handsome Cannon. goat man <laughs> wearing his scarf. And he's like, Oh Duck, I didn't expect to see you here again. And then he winked. Um, but really <laughs> they luckily they can explain his situation to them. And he even says that when upon meeting Duck, he was like, This guy's gonna show back up. He's yeah, guaranteed. If I know Mama, <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna pick this one up.
2: Yeah, I mean, he obviously knew something. Something was up from the beginning because it was a little random that this guy just kind of kind of happened to
0: be there. Yeah, something special about this one. And I can't remember. Do they just tell him we're here to see the Enchanter? Yeah, they say that that's why they've come, and and he says
2: that it's important that he escort them. That they can't they can't be alone
0: mm-hmm. while they're
2: in Sylvain. They
1: have to have Same. a Sylvanian. Escort. And that's I, fair. I appreciate how upfront they are with Vincent. That it's not like any batting around the bush. It's you know, we need to see this, and he is asking, like, Oh, is there a new abomination that you need help finding? And they're right, like, We don't need you. help finding it, we need help killing it. Yeah. Like it finds us, we need to destroy it.
0: Yeah, there's nice transparency here where everybody's just saying exactly what they need to say. And this allows Vincent to be be a real pal with them and be like, All right. Yeah.
2: And he presumably, well, not presumably, he definitely saved Duck's life when he was there before. So he's he's interested in protecting these
1: people for
0: whatever reason. He defo has a crush Mm -hmm. on Duck. It's just been established. (laughs) part
1: of that group.
2: And,
0: you know, who could blame him?
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're having this conversation and he he takes them to this kind of mysterious um, place to meet this enchanter. And it's this high platform with no guardrails. Over this this giant scary dark Where pit, but they live. hear,
0: of course, naturally. Go see your local <laughs> enchanter. And even when they were describing, like, you hear, like, did they even say purring? They said yes. something that I was yes. like, they it did say like purr." As soon yeah. as as
2: soon as Griffin goes, almost like the purring of a giant cat coming from this pit, Clint <laughs> completely loses it, and I lost it at the exact
0: same moment, <laughs> in the exact you same guys, way. You guys, you guys. <laughs> The reveal, of course, is here. And yeah, like you said, Anne, Clint started laughing. You started laughing. I was not yet, but I can tell you I had been sitting in my chair in front of my computer and I was like at full like alert position, sitting straight (laughs) up in my chair, staring at my speaker, waiting for the drop. And even then I was just thinking, don't you even fucking do it. And then we do get the reveal of the name of the Enchanter, which is Heathcliff. Heathcliff. To which I said, fuck you, Griffin. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would like to point out that canonically heathcliff is also orange but it, not that it matters but he is
0: also orange
2: uh-huh.
1: yeah Look so it. he could
2: have he could have gotten us a little worse than he did because he could have done cat I thought, eyes see, and i and thought then that's, that's where he orange. was going
1: yeah. with an orange yeah. yeah yeah it's ridiculous how fast my heart was beating for that yeah <laughs> Like it's so dumb, the dumbest little like throw in, and I'm just like, come on!
0: But I think that that's such a testament to what they've built here, because it is such a dumb fucking like, and really doesn't actually doesn't actually pertain to anything. But those of us who are invested and who have been here, to us, it is it means something. Yeah, as dumb as it is, it means something. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I hope I'm not going to. Misattribute this at all, but um, Arnie Niekamp had a comment when people were talking about podcast ideas a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy who was one of the creators of Hello from the Magic Tavern, which we talked yeah. about before, um, and he said that he thinks that all of his best ideas have a, a big bit of dumb in them. That like a lot of it is dumb. Okay. It's like ninety percent dumb, maybe. Yeah, and I, I think that that's um, that I think that's me. really good advice honestly and and i and griffin as a storyteller even though this is a really silly thing i think he's very much subscribing to um a school of thought that i've heard from from television writers which is that you you give people everything they want but nothing they expect yeah you find a way to do the thing but not do it so the people are still surprised, which is exactly what he did, because he's he's pushing it and everybody's going, oh, it's Garfield. Is it Garfield? And I actually was was like looking at my phone going, say it, say it <laughs> before he There's did. And I think I had already suspected that he was going to he was going to take some turn just to mess with us. Uh-huh. But, um... just,
0: yeah. All of us in that moment We're Sebastian choking Scuttle in the song, Kiss the Girl, (laughs) waiting for Griffin to give us the name of this fucking giant cat. And he he totally zagged on us. It wasn't exactly what we were expecting, but it was close enough. It was still a win.
1: And I love that you brought up the Little Mermaid right now, because that was my first reaction when they collect things from the human world. I was like, is this fucking
0: Ariel? Like, is (laughs) she the enchanter? Isn't it neat? (laughs) Wouldn't it have been Ursula? Isn't your collection complete? Exactly. No,
1: Ariel's the one that wants to get all the stuff from the human world. That's
0: true. Ursula
1: just wants power, because she is a queen. Yeah.
0: B is Ursula's number one fan. Um and Ariel is certainly, I think, a Sylvanian family who has found her way onto Earth
1: mm-hmm. and has turned herself into a giant cat named Keith Cliff. <laughs> I almost said Garfield; <laughs> it
0: was right there. Yeah. So now we have this lore upon lore, and and it's exciting because Griff can take it as far or as short as he wants to. It can be a quick goof Mm -hmm. that never goes anywhere, or it could be something else, and we just won't know. Probably for a very long time. Mm -hmm.
2: That's the good kind of payoff, the one you have to wait for. Absolutely
0: agree. And is there anything else uh, we missed that we want to discuss in this episode?
2: The end of my notes literally just says fucking Heathcliff in all caps.
0: (laughs) 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 Amen. So... Say, I'm just, I'm
1: just stoked for what's in store. He's laid out such good groundwork uh-huh. that, just like you yeah. said, he can take it as far as, as little, or as little as he wants to go. And there's so many different places we can go. We've got Heathcliff. We have an interpreter we get to meet next next time. Yeah, maybe. maybe, who knows? Who knows when we get to meet her? Yeah, but she's there and she's waiting just for us. Yes. Just... And then we have to go back home and deal with that situation. Like, oh, such a rich world. And where's Minerva? We don't know. Ugh. She ain't show up this time. She is waiting outside Duck's house. Like six her, fourteen. Tapping her
0: iWatch. Her eye <laughs> Her Apple Watch.
1: So <laughs> This is all just to say. I'm excited that we are, we're... I feel like we finally are in the long run.
2: Yeah, it is nice. I mean, this is, like, this is a hugely blasphemous opinion, which you guys may be upset with me about, but <gasps> Uh-oh. two Uh-oh. weeks, our next episode, because Travis is going on a much-needed vacation. Because oh, so that guy is... He is hustling all the time. Always but, um, hustling. Yeah, I mean, he's a hard-working dude. But we're I getting the live episode um, from Balance from mm-hmm. Dallas, Mm-hmm. which I should be totally stoked about. And I'm actually a little bit bummed to switch back.
0: <laughs> like just a little bit. I mean, I'm
2: still excited to spend some time with Trace Horny boys, but, of course. Uh, but I think I'm, I'm ready for the story to continue. I, I hope that that's, mm-hmm. I hope that
1: that's a good sign that like, I'm ready to spend time with these people. I was just going to say, that's an excellent sign yeah. of what, what has been built here. Agreed. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we are excited. Of course we're excited to see the Trey Horny boys. Yeah. It's, They're they're what started this all out. But that idea like, oh, now I have to wait a month, Uh, essentially, to get back with the story. That's rough.
0: So I actually had this thought the other day before any of us knew that we were getting the live show as our next installment of The Adventure Zone. I realized that just knowing that there was new content out there for Balance was so thrilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It made me think... You know, like when you are introducing somebody to your favorite thing and you almost envy them because they get to experience the thing for the first time? Yeah. It feels similar to that, only we have the benefit of already being in love with Balance. Balance is this perfect, finished, packaged-up thing, but there's still new content out there that we haven't heard yet, and we get to hear it again for the first time. And that, to me, is so exciting.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I am the sort of person who will save something. Like, I'll, I'll leave something yeah. that I haven't heard just because I think you, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at endings. <laughs> I'm very bad at endings. Oh, and I, and honestly, you know, I mean, that's a personality flaw on my part, I think. But, no, I'm with you. Um, I have,
0: like, a bunch of games that I get to the end of and I just never finish. <laughs> yeah,
2: but but I, I also think that that, again, is a, is a testament to them as storytellers that you mm-hmm. always want to leave people wanting more. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, and yeah. I don't think uh-huh. that any of these stories have overstayed their welcome at all. Agreed. Um, th- th- with right. any of them, we were ready to say, no, I'm totally, I'm, I'm willing to go back and get some more of that. Yeah, I can't fucking wait to go back. I'll go for
1: seconds.
0: Absolutely. Delicious. Absolutely. So, yes, in two weeks, our next episode is going to be our sweet Trace Horny Boys. And then two weeks after that, so like you said, be in a month, we'll be coming back to Sylvain. Uh, But for now, it sounds like we're wrapping up this episode. I do want to kick it back over to our (laughs) poll from last time, which thank you so much, everybody, for voting. Our question had been, which high school archetype were you? And God love every single one of you. 90% of everybody who voted chose nerd. And... I think we were expecting that much. But you know what? Big ups to all the nerds and big ups to our few jocks, our few burnouts, and our few princesses. We appreciate you so much. This week, we want to know what you think the Savinians did to be exiled. We'll have a pull up over on Twitter at RomancingZone and be prepared to dish about our Trace Horny Boys in two weeks. Till then, as always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Nell Bailey.
1: I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern.
0: And we've been Romancing the Zone.